Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new edition of the NH Experience here on the Believe Podcast Network, sponsored in part by Nightcast Media. And on this episode, another jam-packed show for you. We have a, a bunch of great guests. And, you know, in the spirit of the NBA, just around the corner starting up. I know it's preseason. I know we went through media days. And then the regular season is right down the street. So I want to dedicate this show to the game of basketball, primarily to the NBA. Recently, I had an opportunity to speak with Lakers head coach, Frank Vogel on a variety of topics from LeBron to AD to just his overall coaching experience with the Lakers uh, in the NBA. Also had an opportunity to speak with my man Brandon Robinson, aka Scoop B. You know, he gives you all the information, gives you the lowdown on what's happening around the world of the NBA. Great reporter, great guest, uh, does a great job over at Bally Sports. So we got a chance to talk to him extensively about a few teams, including the Lakers, the Warriors, the Nets, the Bucks, who he sees coming out of the Eastern Conference. And you may be surprised who he has to see, uh, especially in the Western Conference. Can't count out the Clippers, or can we? We get into that a whole lot more. And then finally, the one and only, the man who graces the sidelines for the Kentucky Wildcats for the basketball program the one and only John Calipari who's put out a lot of number one I should say I won't say hits but number one players because damn it, he has been hitting with the number ones as of late so definitely had a chance to talk to John Calipari on Anthony Davis uh what's different going to be different with the NIL rule and so much more so you definitely want to kick your feet up grab you a drink sit back relax and check it out because you don't want to miss it here we go. You guys got Russell Westbrook. You already know about LeBron, AD, but then you have Dwight Howard returning. How dangerous is this team going to be this season? Well, as, dang- as dangerous as any team in the league. Um, we got a lot of firepower, a lot of guys really motivated uh, that have the right skill sets to, to, do it, to win it all. And, um, you know, it's going to be about putting in the work throughout the course of the season, and I think we've got, got a great chance. When you look at Russell Westbrook specifically, when you guys acquired him, but looking at him from afar, what did you see in Russell Westbrook that really appealed to you and really get, you know, made you respect him? Well, the biggest thing is I no longer have to be afraid to play him. That's, that's the number one thing. I'm excited to have him on my side. And uh, you just know he's the ultimate competitor. You know, he's going to do whatever it takes to win basketball games. And uh, I'm happy to have that on my side. Now, what is the funnest time that you've had? I know you've been coaching the team. You guys won an NBA championship. But what are some of the fun times that you can recall, maybe in practice, maybe on the sideline, something to that? Yeah, really all of it. We have such a, a great group to be around, our, our core guys, in particular that championship year. had so much fun together on and off the court. Um, you know, but just getting into uh, you know, some of the film sessions where we make sure that we introduce comedy into, into some of those and make sure the group is having fun throughout the journey. And um, obviously, you know, those, those, finals, those games in the finals where we were able to win it all, that was, uh, that was the biggest moment. Uh, I'm, I'm excited that, uh, you know, teams are, are counting us out or betting against us. Um, you know, our team's highly motivated. And, you know, we really, you know, suffered last year by not having an offseason or the proper buildup to training camp. And uh, obviously it resulted in a lot of injuries. And I'm excited to see what this group can, uh, can, can do with a full training camp. I'd like to thank my guest, head coach Frank Vogel from the Los Angeles Lakers for taking time out to join me on the show. I really appreciate it. 
before our next guest, though, I definitely want to make sure that I give a shout out to my producer because, you know, I don't want him messing up my audio or nothing like that. He does such a fantastic job. Got to shout out my man, Jake Warner, a.k.a. Big Brother Jake, uh, when it comes to all the great stuff that he does. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. Without him, I don't know if this show is really going to be moving the way it needs to move, Jack. But before I go into my next guest, which is Brandon Robinson, a.k.a. Scoop B, I definitely want to invite you guys and let you know that we're back and better than ever and all eyes are not only on the gridiron, but coming up on the hardwood as it comes to another great football and basketball season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action as well as the basketball action this season. With a new uploaded site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests for Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football related and basketball related. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. That's the promo code NFL100. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, football, basketball, and other sports related. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now back to the show. All right, so of course, keeping it with the basketball spirit, I definitely have a man who ha- definitely has sources and then some. This man is all over the place. You catch him on Bally Sports TV doing fantastic interviews and giving great basketball knowledge and insight and his sports insight as well he is the none other than the one and only scoop b aka brandon robinson what's going on man how you doing man i'm good i used to be brandon robinson aka scoop b they know me more scoop b than brandon funny story i'll make it quick yeah when i was in prep school um my mom drove to pick me up one day and (laughs) <laughs> she knew I was in at the gym, either running my mouth or playing basketball or, or working out, whatever. So she's the, there's guys sitting outside. She goes, I went to old boys prep school, Don Bosco prep. She goes, has anybody seen Brandon Robinson? Who has anybody seen Brandon Robinson? Who is that? She goes, have y'all seen Scoopy? Oh yeah, Scoop. He's in there. He's in there. I'm going to go get him. So I come outside, I put my, my book back in the car. She goes, I had no idea your birth certificate says Scoop B. <laughs> True story. True story. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, man, well, it paid off. You can tell moms, hey, it paid off. Yes, sir. My mom made it. You know, it's interesting, man. Thank you, first and foremost, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Um, obviously, we're in the spirit of the NBA season just around the corner. Uh a while ago, we had all NBA media days. A lot of them were on Zoom uh, due to the pandemic as the NBA continues to their health and safety protocols. But I had a chance to talk to head coach, Lakers head coach Frank Vogel, and I also talked to John Calipari, who's the Kentucky basketball coach, who obviously coached Anthony Davis, Frank Vogel now coaching Anthony Davis. And I asked them about Anthony Davis then playing for Kentucky, obviously now playing with the Lakers and how he's grown in that role. What do you think is the quintessential element for success for Anthony Davis this season, as well as the Lakers prevailing to lift up the Larry Larry O'Brien trophy with, you know, Russell Westbrook now, Trevor Ariza, Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard coming back, obviously LeBron James. Uh, What is it going to be? What is it going to take? And how does Anthony Anthony Davis play a pivotal role in all of this? 
I mean, health plays a big part. Um, when I look at the Lakers at large uh, with Anthony Davis uh, committing to, sh- to, to shifting to the, the center position as needed or full time, health was was something that was lacking uh, last year, not just with AD, but LeBron. Uh, but the thing that I like about Anthony uh, Davis at center uh, really and truly is the fact that he's able to bang, but also move quicker than some of his contemporaries at that position. So you think center, you think Jokic, you think Carl uh, Anthony Towns, you think Julius Randle, uh, you think Clint Capella. Um, and I think that um, using Anthony Davis at, at that position, to me, at this point in the NBA, is, 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 is Kenyon Martin's dream because he uh-huh. still and flourished in today's NBA. The only exception is that AD, or rather Kmart, lacked a consistent jumper. Um, when I when I look at the Lakers and what Anthony Davis would be able to do uh, for the Lakers this season, um, I, I see glimpses or mixes of KG and Rasheed Wallace-like as far as pushing the break, uh, taking your man off the dribble, causing a mis- mismatch, uh, creating double-team uh, problems and, and wreaking havoc defensively for the opposing team. And I see some of those same things for LeBron. And I think why it benefits AD so well uh, is because as LeBron has gotten older, he's shifting more to the four in the same way that when you look at Kevin Garnett towards the end of his time with the Celtics, he was shifted to the center. You look at Dirk Nowitzki, same thing, shifted to the center, even though they were such mismatches at, at, at their natural 3-4 position. Uh, when I look at Anthony Davis, he's not old. He's actually a young piece um, and, and year 10. Um, but also I think why this works specifically for the Lakers' n- nucleus, at least you know at the starting five, is because uh, Russell Westbrook himself causes so much uh, defensive uh, problems uh, himself. So, yeah, I, I think this is a good problem to have. It, it's, it's really in, in this specific case – um, I think it helps. I remember when you and I actually met a couple of years ago in person because we met digitally first at the 2K party and you yeah. know, the AD and I asked him, you know, would you have a problem playing the center position? And his response was, you know, I'll play whatever they want me to play. Well, now you got Rondo back. Now you got Dwight back. Um, and the other thing is even him playing center, you'll see times where he and, and Dwight kind of switch and pick off of each other in, in that lineup. I think Dwight is still the best backup center in the NBA. Now, we talk about the ages, and when we spoke with Carmelo Anthony during the, the Lakers media day a while back, he was saying, you know, hey, man, we got guys that, that will go to war together with each other. We have a veteran group, and sometimes it's great to have that veteran group. But could it be a simple situation where this group could be too old, you know, and, and bringing back the guys could be too little too late as far as trying to compete for a championship with all the other teams out there, especially in the Western Conference, as, as thick as the Western Conference can get? I think old is how you feel. Mm. Uh, when, I, when I look at uh, those guys, they're not traditional um, veterans in that you're 35, 36, 37. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Jordan was done at like 36, 37, 38 maybe, and then ended up coming back. And even when he played for the Wizards, I, I tweeted some video a while ago. Michael was giving Dirk some fits. Why are you laughing at me? No, because the thing about it is I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about those, you know, I'm thinking about that time, man, when you, when you remember Jordan playing for the Wizards. And he actually, that one year, he actually balled out. 
gave the Nets, the Knicks, uh, the Mavericks, uh, Vince Carter's Raptors fits. And I mean, different, different set of circumstances uh, remotely in that um, the, the Wizards didn't have championship aspirations. I think that's another difference. But I also think sports medicine has changed a lot. I mean, when you, I, I remember when Melo dropped all that weight, it was on the Knicks. And we talked about that weight that he dropped. And around the same time, LeBron had dropped some weight. Um, and that was a thing, you know, they, that, mm-hmm. that vegan diet was a thing. And um, yeah, I, I think that um, at the end of the day, uh, they have championship aspirations, but the thing is, the Suns are still a Western Conference champs. Uh, I think we're in a in a in a Western Conference that will not have Kawhi uh, for the foreseeable future, um, based off of his injury. And then you you got teams like the Nuggets who seem to improve every year. Um, you, you have Utah who's still young and looking, but. If I can to directly answer your question, I look at the Lakers kind of like the Spurs, mm-hmm. uh, the YMCA team that can still bust your ass. <laughs> Real shit. No, nah, that's true. I mean, I, you know, and that's a great analogy when you when you talk about this veteran Lakers team because I actually like the team. I like the team the way it's constructed. Um, I like the way that they they still have some young guys like Tht Malik Monk. Um, you know, guys that can kind of have a, a, a nice little balance. I know they lost Alex Caruso to the Chicago Bulls, but they still have a nice young mix. Um, and they drafted pretty well, too, I think, as far as this moving forward. Um, but you talked about not having Kawhi in the Western Conference, which is a huge, huge gap for the Los Angeles Clippers. I know they have Paul George. Reggie Jackson came back. Um, you know, they have the, they have a new coaching staff. And I think that's going to be significant as well. But where do you see the Clippers shaking out for this season? Uh can Paul George handle being the number one guy? I mean, we've seen remnants of it when he was in Indiana uh, at a time when he had to kind of take over and take the reins. Can he do that again now with a with a better ball club behind him? I mean, you, you saw it in the playoffs, and I think that's where it, ca- it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, if I can use a, an analogy that, that kind of uh, puts the wrapping on the Christmas uh, gift and the bow and – the name tag. We're not talking like the 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 the, the pet the, the gift bag. We're talking the, the actual wrapping. Um, <laughs> the, the the Milwaukee Bucks embodied that last year. Very underestimated. Uh, and in a, in an Eastern Conference uh, where the 76ers and the Nets uh, were that team, and comparatively, um, in a world where everybody was counting on the Lakers to go to the finals um, in the West. Uh, Paul George, or rather, excuse me, uh, Kawhi got hurt and Paul George took over and, I mean, legitimately um, held his own. I mean, came back against Dallas. Like, Dallas was supposed to win that. Um, yeah. Came back against Utah. Like, this, this, is a, this, is a, this is a team that has been resilient um, last season without – Kawhi in a world where everybody was pretending he didn't tear his ACL. And I got to give credit to, you know, Landon Buford who, who reported that, um, you know, shortly after even Shams uh, or excuse me, Shams, my coworker over at Bally and, 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 and um, stadium, um, you know, those were things that were going on behind the scenes. And um, I, I think that when you look at what the Clippers did last season without Kawhi it's to be commended, it's a new game. And I think what impressed me about, about Paul George in the playoffs 
last year was what he was able to do defensively, not just scoring the basketball. Um, and and I think if he continues that, we're as my late grandma would say, we're, we're cooking with hot grease. Yeah, there you have it. I want to talk a little bit about this one dude because he's kind of from your way, or at least in your, near your area, and that's Ben Simmons because this dude has really been all over the net. I know his feelings were hurt because they were saying there were some reports about what Doc Rivers said after Game Seven's loss last year, and how he kind of indirectly pointed the finger and blamed Ben Simmons for the team's loss. Uh, and Ben kind of not really didn't get over that. Uh, he didn't get a Hallmark card. He didn't get some candy and flowers and say, "Hey, I'm sorry." Please, baby, 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 please. Uh, he didn't get any of that. And so now he's like full throttle. I don't want to play in Philly. I don't want to be in Philly. So how does that resonate with the fans? And, and, and did Joel Embiid throw some shade at Ben Simmons recently? Well, first of all, I like the fact that you did reference the Wayans brothers with the please, baby, please. Uh, <laughs> you know it. Um, as it relates to Ben Simmons, I did spend five years in Philadelphia and in, in the Philly area in college and, and then still tapped into um, not just that area, but, you know, the, the brain trust that goes on, you know, in Philly. And um, what I can tell you is I, I, this isn't this news or, you know, him wanting out, which was expressed to. Um, those in position uh, during the Chicago workouts. I mean, this is something that 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 Ben Simmons has been uh, quietly discussing since the year before. If you check back, you know my my reporting where he was a little concerned about the outcry or or, or uproar uh, that he would receive from Philadelphia fans. Um, they're very passionate fans. Um, if I can make a comparison, that's a little few hours away. Uh, from you in Los Angeles that you you can relate to it's they're like um they're like uh Raiders fans they're just very passionate and sometimes can be obnoxious um, <laughs> and, and and but if you're doing well you know they, they'll praise you you're, you're so think Larry Johnson four point play in New York but in Philly Ooh. you're beloved um and and you know I, I think you know, to this day, Allen Iverson is beloved. Dr. J is beloved. I think Joel Embiid embodies uh, Philadelphia a lot more. I think he's a man amongst the people. And and I think, you know, when you look at the Eagles some years ago, when T.O. was upset about his money and he and Donovan McNabb were going at it, um, what I fondly remember um, is him in front of his house in South Jersey, uh, lifting weights and doing workouts and the media was there and and I remember when um, I think if, if if my if my memory serves correctly, he was cut, and then they ended up giving extensions like that day or the next day to like David Akers, Brian Westbrook, and anybody else that was due that. It was almost like a huge screw you salute um, when they let him go. And I think Philly is just not the place to be making New York moves. Or LA type moves um, that that's more acceptable in places like that. Um, but I also think that that Philadelphia culture. I think Ben has been enabled for a long time. I think Brett Brown stayed too long, um, and I think that towards Brett's exit a couple years ago, when the Sixers played Boston and they lost in the playoffs, they actually were utilizing him the way that he should have been. Where you started Shake Milton at the one, you shifted Ben to the three. Um, and you were, I spoke with Brett Brown about this. You, you kind of utilized uh, Ben in the same way that you were utilizing LeBron in Miami in year two. Uh -huh. um, 
And so when I look at um, this, I don't want to keep talking or over talking, but when I look at this situation with, with Philly, as much as it may have something to do with stylistic style of play, I also think that they've just overstayed their welcome. I, I think in a lot of respects, this is like Shaq and Penny part two, except Penny Ooh. may be on his way out. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know how they're going to f- repair this situation with Ben Simmons because he's he's headstrong on not coming back to Philly and Philly fans don't take no shit off nobody. If you don't want to be there to hell with you, they're going to boo you. I mean, they're going to do everything they can to let let you know exactly how they feel and tell yeah. you like it is. Yeah, you you know, I, I spent some time two seasons ago in and out of Philly um, b- before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the starting lineup, like when you when you when they introduced the visiting team, uh, standing at four at forward in his nineteenth year from St. Vincent St. Mary, number six, LeBron James sucks. In his tenth year <laughs> from Kentucky, number three, Anthony Davis sucks. Like that that's just how they are from the beginning. Um, passionate fans. Now, from a business perspective, this is what I can tell you from front office perspective. Philly doesn't want what Minnesota's offering. And the the Mm -hmm. starting point for Philadelphia and Minnesota would be D'Angelo Russell uh, being shipped. If you saw my reporting over at Bally, there's a video uh, up at at BallySports.com as well as on my Twitter. Um, You know, D'Angelo Russell is a starting point um, that they're not willing to give up, particularly because of D'Angelo's relationship with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm told. Um, but then you look at McDaniels. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, folks that I've spoken with, he would be on the table, but um, they may he may not be the 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 cat the the main point the main he may not be the turkey for the Thanksgiving right. meal uh, that Philadelphia is looking for, particularly because they're still looking to contend for a championship. Uh, those those that I know in Minnesota feel as though. Um, he is the second coming of Paul George. He is the best uh, player to come out of the state of Washington in a very long time. Um, and, you know, th- they're hopeful that they can move that piece. But D'Angelo Russell, again, is that piece. Uh, it-, it is my understanding that Edwards is untouchable. We'll see how that long that lasts. But the other thing with Minnesota, as they are busy trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to do, Cleveland comes into play. Indiana comes into place. San Antonio comes into play. Um, but I also think, um, you know, Philly's hoping for reconciliation. But the thing is, they're not motivated to move him as much as Ben Simmons wants to leave. And I think that's what many people, you know, Ben Simmons wants to be traded. Yeah, so um, from folks that I've spoken to in Philadelphia, uh, Daryl Morey, is not moved by it's almost like you get a bushel of crabs you put them in the pot you turn on the vinegar you put the old bay in once you dump the paper bag into the stove and you put the crabs in they boiling and i feel like maury's waiting for that crap that bag to boil once ben starts losing money now you could put out the argument that ben simmons doesn't care he has other money on the table uh but i think as if this deal doesn't get done around when the season starts, if this deal doesn't get done around Thanksgiving, you lose more money, more frustration. I think the value doesn't go up. It goes down. That's interesting, man. I, 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 I tend to agree with you on that, one, man. I think, uh, 
you know, I think, like I said, I think it's it's going to be an interesting drama saga. It's like the, so are the days of our lives. I feel like I'm watching the episode of General Hospital. It's just that intense and Doc getting all flustered at the media during media day. That was hilarious. And so <laughs> I want to keep it on the East Coast because the Brooklyn Nets and, you know, we all know how talented the Brooklyn Nets are. KD, James Harden, uh, I believe they got, uh, you know, they, they did some na- nice draft work. Uh, over over during the draft, I think that their, their players are going to be able to be plugged in. You still have Blake Griffin. What the hell is going on with Kyrie, man? Like, if I mean, is this really? Is it, I mean, I feel like he's not even in the solar system anymore. He's just talking out the side of his ass. I can't defend him right now. Um, I I will say to you, you know, I'm probably one of the closest media members in that sphere. Um, it's a lot going on. Um, and I think that the vaccination conversation really stems from um, the article that was written in, in Rolling Stones or Rolling Stone, excuse me, the other day, um, talking about, you know, the 90 percent of players that are in the NBA uh, who are not vaccinated or who are vaccinated, pardon me, and, the, you know, the some that are. Kyrie happens to be on that list, uh, as is Bradley Beal, uh, as is a few other folks. So, you know, when I look at this situation with Kyrie, um, not only will he not be able to play home games in Brooklyn if he does not um, get vaccinated, he'll also miss two home games or two away games, away games at Madison Square Garden. So he'd only play 38 games this season. Yeah, because I also, too, when he comes to California, he can't play in any games either. And that's three teams or four yeah. teams rather than the Kings, Warriors, Clippers and Lakers that you can't participate in. So that's four games if they have if they go on a, on a West Coast road trip. I mean, that's that's what thirty. So that knocks out of thirty-four games for the season. Can can the Brooklyn Nets win? Like, I mean, win the chip? Even though I know they have, we know we all know how, how talented KD and James Harden are. But can they win with just those two and the nucleus around them? Or do they really need Kyrie to kick it in the overdrive and get them over the hump? They need Kyrie, so they got to figure that out. Damn. Hell of a predicament to be, and I, I kind of feel bad for KD because he was the one, he was the catalyst for recruiting, you know, Kyrie. Or was it the other way around? Oh, it was Kyrie that was recruited? Oh, sorry, you're right, you're right. I take that back. Um, which is interesting because you brought KD there, and now you want to act a fool. And pretty much to me, I mean, I, I believe in your personal choice. But ultimately, you know the rules of engagement, and you know ultimately this is going to hurt your team down the stretch because if you're not on the floor, you can't contribute. We saying the same thing. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's a personal choice, but you know when you're talking betterment of team and things of that sort, it's interesting. So I have nothing to, new to report on Kyrie Irving, uh, and you know when I get something, you know I'll definitely let you know. I appreciate it, my man. Let's talk about the the, the the NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. We know Giannis has been on a tear the whole summer getting a 50-piece from Chick-fil-A. My man's been all over in Greece. My man's been all over celebrating his much-deserved uh, NBA championship. I still call him the luckiest champion of all time uh, because he definitely ran the gauntlet at the right time thanks to COVID and injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you think this is this is the, 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 the last time we'll see Giannis – uh, with a championship in the next several years? I think the situation in Philadelphia and how it plays out will dictate who one and two is uh, as of now. Mm-hmm. I, I think – I also think that the Bulls are very under 
reported and understated, uh, particularly the pieces that they added. Um, but I also think that when you look at the Bucks, they're still the champs. I think that with Giannis, I think the Bucks, in my opinion, kind of came out of nowhere to some people. Uh, I, I know that um, there were guys that I was speaking with who um, were looking to make inroads and potentially signing with the Bucks before the playoffs started. And it was a multitude of people who who, who, the, who the Bucks were calling. Um, and the, the, the gauge that I get around people who were looking to, you know, sign as free agents was they felt that the, that the nets were shaky, particularly because of Harden and him coming back and playing into game shape, Kyrie's mental. And they were also worried about KD's health. And the funny thing is Harden got hurt. Uh, Kyrie got hurt. And KD was rested enough that he still was able to carry that team. Um, when I and I feel like the Bucks are that team that the longer you wait around with them, the more they're gonna they're gonna end up on you. They're that fifth cup of wine at the at the at the holiday party. Like, don't drink that. Be <laughs> giving all the key codes to 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 your, to your rivals within the office. So, you know, I, I look at that situation with um, Milwaukee. They're still the champs. They, they Brooklyn has to get past them. The Lakers have to get past them. The Sixers have to get past them, and even the Bulls that I mentioned have to get past them. I don't think I think the Bulls are probably a fifth or sixth seed, but at the moment, between four and six, um, in my opinion. But I also do think that you know the Nets are the chump team. The Bucks are the champions, and I think that in a summer off season where the Lakers got better, the Nets got better. If I'm the Bucks, number one, I like the fact that you're not talking about us, but number two, I feel some type of way about it too. Oh, I would too. I mean, but sometimes I can work to your advantage because when you, like you said, you go under the radar, you do, you, you accomplish a hell of a lot more and there's less people in your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, really quick, the Golden State Warriors, we know Steph and Clay are, are going to return. Uh, hopefully Clay will remain healthy this season. We, we heard about, you know, they really praised James Wiseman as far as his growth and development uh, when it comes to the, the Warriors. We know Draymond Green is going to come back. What do you see from the Warriors this season? Can they legitimately Get, go deep in the playoffs. I think they. I think they're still previous champs that just have been hurt over the years. Um, I worry about Clay. Um, I think he's been through a lot, and it's funny because I, I look at how much he's accomplished as a as a scorer um, and, and as a champion. Um, and he reminds me of Allen Houston without the rings, and I and I and I mm. say that cautiously because I like Allen Houston. I know Allen Houston. He got his bag, but. I remember when he went from Detroit to the Knicks, and then he was impressing people. They went to the finals. They they had a they were AC playing against the Spurs in that lockout short season, and then like the knee injury, you know, it was kind of like he he as he got older, then he tried to make comebacks. It was like it, it was disappointing. I don't want that to be said about Klay Thompson. Like I want to see him do well. Like I like I, I I want to see him be successful. But you know, the Lakers are I think. And the Warriors are in a similar situation, believe it or not. Like they've got guys that are the Warriors are a little younger though, but they got Iguodala, like who's who's returning. Um and and you know, he made it to the finals in the bubble playing for Miami. Um yeah, he did. you know, it, it's 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 I think 
Miami is also another team, by the way, in the Eastern Conference that that got better with with Kyle Lowry. I was a few months early with that Kyle going to Miami, but ultimately he found his way there. But when when you look at the Warriors and you look at what they're able to do, um, just causing havoc on the offensive end, I think it's cool. But I also think the West has caught up. I think the NBA has caught up. I think like mm-hmm. when you when you look at when you look at that Warriors team um, when they were making their run. When LeBron hurt his groin in that Christmas game a few years ago, like the Lakers were that good to compete with the Warriors that season. And then you had Jokic and the Nuggets who got better. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, and now you got Phoenix who, you know, they were young and they've gotten better. Um, so I, I have concerns about like the Warriors wouldn't have been in the playing tournament if Steph and Clay were playing. But where they fit in that puzzle, I'm not sure, but they're still not a chump team. The other thing you got to look at is this, and with and I feel like the minister, and with this I'll close on the Warriors. Um, I feel like the Warriors, okay, the Timberwolves are one of the teams that are the, are the favorite to get uh, Ben Simmons in a trade. But the, 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 the follow-up to that is, the Warriors and the Sixers have been talking for some time. And I feel like while I say what I say preseason, if the Warriors are able to get Ben Simmons, which may end up including James Wiseman, um, uh, as well as uh, any iteration of Draymond and or Wiggins, um, if you're able to bring Ben Simmons in, ultimate contender off the bat. And and that's that's what leads me to believe because with with their executive getting fined fifty thousand for quote unquote tampering, you know, people people don't people in that level don't do that stuff on accident. They pretty much are aware of what's going on. So I would not be surprised if we saw Ben Simmons in a Golden State Warriors jersey somehow. So I'm not saying it's gonna happen. I'm not saying that's what you're saying, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. I mean, I, that's, that's while I've tweeted Timberwolves are busy. If you go back a year ago, I was also saying that the Warriors have been in. So yep. it's one of those things that it's like Lamb Chop. It's like the theme song. It's this is the song that never ends. And um, you know, we'll see. But I, I definitely think you look at Ben Simmons' skill set. The Warriors, uh, the Timberwolves, uh, make sense. Yeah, all of it makes sense. Well, you know what, man? The thing that makes sense the most is you joining me here on this show, giving your vast knowledge of the NBA and around the, the, the 94 feet, as we like to call it. The one and only Brandon Robinson, a.k.a. Scoop B, Bally Sports. Thank you so much, man, for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, we definitely have to get you on the show at a later date, man, and really get down and dirty with these with these NBA regular season games and see what's going on. Hopefully by Christmas time, everything will start shaping up. Indubitably. Thank you for the opportunity to be myself. Hey, man, always, man. You know, you're on the NH experience, baby. That's what we want you to be yourself. Nothing less, nothing more. Just yourself. What Charles Barkley say? Anything less will be uncivilized. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Like to thank my special guest, Brandon Scooby Robinson of Bally Sports, giving us some insight and some lowdown on what's going to happen around the hardwood in the NBA. And yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see if Kyrie Irving happens to show up for KD and James Harden and the rest of the Brooklyn Nets if they're going to go ahead and contend and try to capture an NBA title this season. Now, before we go away, I definitely want to make sure that I bring on my next guest, which is 
head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats, John Calipari, has some interesting things to say about not only Anthony Davis, but the new NIL rule and how that's going to affect him moving forward and could it affect him with recruiting. Make sure you take a listen. Coach John Calipari, the legend himself, the walks the sidelines, puts out great talent. When you are out there coaching, when you what, what type of player are you looking for when you're out there recruiting? What type of character, what type of caliber of player? Well, you, I'm always looking for players that can make other players better. Players who can create their own shots, can create assists, not just throw it to a guy who scores. And guys that are difference makers in the game. In other words, they're going to defensively do something or rebound outside. So you're looking for those kind of things. And then the biggest thing is, will they be good teammates? Will they be, because at Kentucky, you're not going to be the only guy. You can have five, six, seven guys that are just as good as you, and you go with that. You know, you come to Kentucky, you bet on yourself. You're not afraid of the challenge. You're not afraid of the aura of the program. You're like, I want this. Talk to me about one of your premier players. I know you have a, lot, a plethora of them, but one of your premier players who's an NBA champion and Anthony Davis. What was it about Anthony Davis? What did you see in him, and what are you seeing now as he's grown in the NBA with the Lakers? Unbelievable teammate. Um, end up being our fourth leading scorer and accepted it so we could win a national title. In the championship game, he wasn't making shots. He told his team, you guys score, I'll rebound and block shots and defend. He goes one for ten in the game and gets the outstanding player. And we win a national title. He was a difference maker, a generational player. And lastly, the NIL rule, how much does that improve or make college basketball, college athletics different now? Well, it'll make it different, but I think it's going to be good in the long run. I don't think it's going to change who gets who. I think the, the programs that are getting players will continue to get players. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coach. Appreciate it. All right, y'all, that is my show for today. I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in to the NH Experience here on the Believe Podcast Network. You can find it on not only the Believe Podcast Network, but all streaming platforms, as well as I'd like to thank my good folks over at Nightcast Media for all your sports, entertainment, tech, and community-related events. Make sure you tune in to none other than nightcastmedia.com. I'd like to thank my engineer extraordinaire, producer, Jake Warner, as well as all of you for listening. And make sure you follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at NickHamilton213 and on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA. Make sure you check me out on and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash TV. All right, y'all, until next week, or until next time, I should say, take care. Got another episode for you later on in the week. We'll be back. Stay sharp. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.